Essential Self-Care Podcast, a podcast for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. In this podcast, you will hear real-life stories from people who leaned into their self-care as they were navigating life's storms. You'll learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to incorporate self-care into your own busy life as well. You'll hear from expert guests sharing their expertise on specific tools and modalities of self-care to optimize your well-being in your life, career, and relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I am a physician, best-selling author, and founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide high-achieving women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Quick disclaimer before we dive into the episode, please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own health practitioner or mental health provider for your specific situation. Now, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. I am so excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Diane Malaspina. She is a psychologist and a nationally recognized, renowned yoga instructor and a dear friend of mine. And I'm so excited that we get to be here together in the podcast studio together recording this episode. And today, Dr. Diane is going to share a bit about her self-care journey with us uh, welcome to the Essential Self-Care Podcast, Dr. Diane. Thank you, Sheethal. I'm happy to be here. So let's just dive right in. I would love to know, can you tell me and our listeners about an instance in your life where self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority for you? And more importantly, what tools or modalities did you turn to at that time? Yeah, well, um, a really strong experience for me was Going on two years ago, um, I was working for a company where we had a lot of expectations in terms of client load as a psychologist. We were also a startup company, so we also had responsibilities related to getting the organization going, coming up with you know the facilitation materials and things behind the scenes as well as things in front of the scenes. And I really threw myself into the work um, with the highest amount of effort, which was a tendency that I've always had is to always like try my best and do my best and really show up in really big ways and even kind of like a personal competitive spirit to work. And um, I found myself hitting the wall of burnout, which I had hit previously in other career paths. And I hit the burnout so hard that at the same time, I actually um, caught COVID. And it was the only time I had had COVID, but it was the first time I had had COVID. And I continued to work because it was a virtual job. And so the burnout paired with how sick I was feeling from the COVID just sent me down um, really bad to the point where I lost an unhealthy substantial amount of weight. Um, I couldn't get rid of the symptoms of COVID and I wasn't sleeping. I was having um, difficulties in my relationships. Like it was impacting pretty much every area of my life. And I started to really question my effectiveness and started just feeling like I didn't care anymore about myself or really the work that I was doing. And with the support of my husband, as well as like being able to have the level of self-awareness that was needed, I realized that it was just time to stop, that I really had to make some changes. Yeah. I want to 
pause here because you shared so much right there that I really want to reflect on some of that. Mm. Um, first of all, thank you for pointing out and sharing that during this experience of burnout, that this was not the first time that you had experienced it, that you had experienced it prior to that as well. I know I can definitely relate to that. And I think that's just a helpful nugget to kind of pull out for our listeners, because I think sometimes we can feel and we can think, I know I certainly have in the past of like, I've experienced this thing before. Okay, it's not going to happen again. I learned so much from it. It's not going to happen again. And sometimes it does in a different way, shape, or form, right? And I feel like this is all just part of our journey, part of our journey of learning and listening to ourselves, listening to our bodies and growing. Mm-hmm. And life puts us in different situations. And so it can happen in different situations. So just a reminder, I know I've said this on other episodes as well, but just that this is a journey. And so if you find yourself in a place that looks somewhat familiar, again, just knowing that um, allowing yourself to practice some Mm self-compassion, that you're not the only one that that happens to, that it does happen to many of us. And that uh, and just taking a moment to explore with self-compassion kind of what's how to move forward from that place. And then I also found it interesting that you pointed out that it sounds like you're it reached a point where your body was sending you signals, right? With your sure. experience of, of then getting COVID and then having a really long time uh, to recover from those symptoms as well. And just, and that it started to affect different parts of your life. You know, yeah. one thing that I always say, and I know that this is something that you, you believe in as well, us both being um, mind-body practitioners and students of mind-body practices as well, students and teachers of mind-body practices, just that your body is always sending you signals. And then I also, the third thing I wanted to point out with what you shared is that some of the things that you mentioned in terms of how you were feeling, feeling sort of a lack of effectiveness in the work that you were doing, feeling a lack of uh, interest, you know, losing some of that interest in the work that you're doing as well. Those are all essential components of burnout. Mm -hmm. So I just want to point that out to our listeners as well. And this is something that I experienced as well, just as recently as a little over a year ago. And it wasn't until I started to look at some scientific studies and published um, papers about burnout and really looking at the core components of burnout. Those are essentially core components of burnout. So it's it's really, you know, for our listeners, if, if this is something that you're experiencing, again, know that that's not a reflection of you. It's just those are core components of what happens when you're feeling burned out. So at that time, you you, you did allude to that you felt like, okay, I just need to pause. I need to, take, I need to stop here in this moment. So what did that look like for you? What were the steps when you recognized that you were in that place? What were some of the steps that you took? Well, let me just say that in the process of that, there were other things happening where my perception of the situation was that I wasn't feeling valued Mm -hmm. and that there were politics going on in the environment where I wasn't being chosen, even though I was showing up over and over and over again. And I think that that's a really important thing to point out because the portal to the problem is exactly what the problem is. So the problem is, is not feeling valued, feeling like I'm overworking, feeling like there isn't enough. And that's actually not just a circumstance that I showed up into that the pattern is actually that that's something that I'm bringing to every situation. 
And that's something that comes from my past. And that's what really was the opportunity for me to go deeper. So on the surface level, being somebody who is very passionate about health and well-being and, you know, teaches this to people as part of my work is that it started with, you know, getting back to my health and my well-being. So the basics of nervous system regulation, getting adequate sleep, getting adequate nutrition, hydration. Um, for me, it wasn't exercise. It was complete rest and recovery. And it actually took me two months of literally not having any agenda. So I, I left the job. Um, that was my ultimate decision was that the environment wasn't a healthy environment for my particular patterns to be operating in. So it wasn't their fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just like a bad case of fit between the person and the context. And what I had the grace of was time in that because I worked so hard during that amount of time, I saved a lot of money. So I, I, I had that buffer of being able to leave the job and have the financial support to be able to like take a look at my life to get my health back in order. And so after the first two months of just working on the things that I work on for my general health and that I coach people on, then I was like, well, wait, there's something like deeper below the surface. And before I get back into my business or back into another role, I don't want to repeat this pattern. Like it's time and opportunity to really look deep within and see why do I work really hard when no one else is expected to? And the other thing that's important when you dig into the research about something like any condition like burnout or um, people feeling like unvalued in the workplace is that there's always a statistic. So in general, you know, I haven't read the latest research, but in general, around 60 to 65 percent of people in different work occupations are experiencing burnout. But there's 35 to 40 percent of people who are not under the same conditions. And given my area of research that I've been honing ever since graduate school, the area of resiliency is looking at the factors to understand what's related to burnout, but also really understanding who are the people that are not getting burned out and what are the qualities that they're bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. And those protective factors have a lot of information for all of us that we can then start to integrate into our own nervous systems, our own way of being. And so for me, the deep dive was, okay, so I have a pattern of overdoing in the face of also others that may be at the same level of me in a particular organization and they aren't taking on the responsibility that I'm volunteering for for some reason. And then I don't feel good about what I'm volunteering for and there's not a boundary that's in place. And so underneath it, it's like, okay, so that's happened. And I looked back at life and I'm like, okay, I've seen that same story. So remember, the problem is the portal. Same story, same problem, but in different scenarios. And so it was an opportunity for me to think about, well, what is it that I'm bringing to the situation? Mm -hmm. Is it an expectation? Is it a mindset? Is it an old pattern program from when I was young that was a dynamic maybe in my family or in my school or somewhere along the line where I was like, I'm going to work really, really, really hard no matter what. And I'm going to sacrifice myself. And so the thing is, is like when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And for me, that pattern was saying yes to other people's expectations 
and saying no to things that mattered to my own self-care, things I actually was coaching people on and teaching people about. So that was really where I was like, okay, so now it's time for me to learn what my process is of saying yes to myself first. Mm -hmm. And we all know, I mean, the analogy of like, put on your own air mask before you, you know, so like ultimately my work as a psychologist and as a coach and as a yoga teacher in any realm of anything or as a partner to my spouse is, you know, a person in my community who contributes, ultimately my work is best when I'm well-resourced. Quick shout out to today's sponsor, Reclaim Your Radiance, Radiant Living Institute's signature coaching program designed to help you reclaim your worth, renew your energy, and restore your happiness in your life, career, and relationships. This six-module curriculum has already helped countless women rediscover themselves through life's storms. From setting difficult boundaries within toxic relationships to finding their inner strength and power while navigating divorce and co-parenting to aligning their career and business with their authentic self and to learning how to live for themselves again after their kids have left the nest. This program has been a guiding force for women to live unapologetically and shine brightly within their lives once again, or often, even for the first time ever. Experience the results for yourself. Head over to radiantlivinginstitute.com forward slash reclaim dash your dash radiance to learn more and get started. A hundred percent. There is so much about what you share that resonates with me so strongly. So I know that it's going to resonate with our listeners as well. And so much of what you shared that resonates with my journey and the journey that I've been on, um, Yes, over the past two decades and even more specifically over the past year also. So of, you know, having experienced burnout in my career as a physician and then, you know, I'll share this um, and and I haven't shared this on my podcast before and it, it, it is a bit vulnerable, but I will go ahead and share this just as an example. You know, I left the practice of clinical medicine a little over a year ago and have been focusing on my business full time on this podcast on Radiant Living Institute. And, you know, I had experienced burnout within my medical practice multiple times throughout my career. And I found myself a few months ago here in this co-working space that I'm in with a number of other sort of startup founders, really in this really wonderful space. But I found myself a few months ago hitting a really low point and Mm. I was in the bathroom crying. Mm. And I realized this thought came to me. I have had experiences where I cried in the bathroom in the hospital Mm. at work. And now here I am in a completely different situation, right? And what that made me realize is exactly what you were saying. Okay, so this is, yes, there were certain things about the situation that weren't a good good fit in terms of some of my clinical practice locations and settings. So I like that you brought up that point as well, that sometimes it's just, it's not the context itself. It's not the person themselves, right? Sometimes it's just that fit. And I can definitely relate to that. And I think that's really important because I see so many, you know, high achieving women who I work with as well, who often will try to make themselves fit into this situation, right? And 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 not realizing that, okay, maybe it's just not the right fit 
right? And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. That doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong with the situation. It's just not the right fit. And it takes a lot of self-compassion. It takes a lot of doing that deep inner work of understanding yourself better to kind of get to that point. But back to kind of the reason I shared that story of, of me crying in the bathroom in these two different situations was that was like an aha moment for me of, okay, I'm the common denominator here. Where do I need to dive deep? Very much how you shared in your experience and in your story of, of where do I need to dive deep here? And I'm still on this journey. Like I said, that experience was literally just a few months ago. So I'm still exploring some of that myself. Um, but it, but I really like that you said also that the, I believe you said it, the problem is the portal. Um, because that's what I felt in that situation too. Like, okay, I'm in this external situation. Mm-hmm. External situation being working on my business, entrepreneurship, um, you know, pivoting in my career. But this external situation is now this portal to dive deeper into myself. So I just, I love that you shared all of those different pieces. Like I said, in so many ways, I can relate to that. And I'm sure our listeners can as as well. So through that process of now sort of shifting and realizing that you need to show up whole and well-resourced yourself in order to show up in these different ways, how has that transformed or shifted your life now? Yeah. So the one thing is like a complete non-negotiable for me is I'm not willing to pack out my schedule. Like, and that was a, that was another habit where I was like constantly fitting something in. And as a psychologist and, you know, even as a, you know, health provider, you get these, I mean, it's a little bit different. You had someone scheduling for you, but I was, you know, kind of in charge of my schedule. But at the same time, when people come to a psychologist, they have a problem. And those of us that go into these types of fields, like we want to be of service, we want to help. And so I used to have some sort of alarm system in a sense where like, I have to be available to help this person now. Well, the same realization I had about myself is that this is something that's been going on for a long time and now it needs to be addressed is the same for everybody else. It's the same for all of us. Like this is something that's been going on for some time. And so I have clear parameters on my schedule of when I'm available and when I'm not available. And I really stick to that. But I also create space in my schedule so that if I decide that I want there to be time for something or again, time for myself, or, you know, I'm at an age where I have aging parents. So sometimes things might have to drop and I need to like take a phone call or jump on a plane or, you know, something like that is that I've designed my life and taken agency over my life in such a way that I can put my best work into a frame, a structure. And, you know, I'm also a psychologist, so I know that, you know, the the productivity and the ability to do our best only happens within a window, a range of hours in a given day anyway. So pushing that limit just is exhausting more resources. But the first thing I did was I got very clear about how I manage time. And again, it's not really about managing time. It's about managing my life. But time is kind of the noise and the signal underneath the noise is where I feel overwhelmed, right? Or where I feel like this need to have to. And so maybe it's like a people pleasing thing where it's like, I feel like I have to be available for clients at, you know, right when they reach out to me that I should be available within the week. And gosh, like if you look around the world, most mental health providers, it takes six weeks to get in with. Mm -hmm. 
So I didn't want that to be my model. I got very clear on like, I want to be available within the next week or two. And I want to protect my life and my time because again, that's the most valuable resource in all of this. So time was a big component of it. And I've always really been a contemplative practitioner. I mean, that's just something I've always been drawn to. So I was always doing meditation and I was, you know, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I engaged with an, an anti-inflammatory diet for the most part, you know, and, and things like that, movement, things like that. But as with all of us, the first thing to go when we overpack our schedules is all of those little things that we do. So if I, if I wake up and I've got to jump right to the emails, then I don't wake up and sit in my meditation cushion. And so I, I took the rules off of it having to be like every single day at this time because that felt a lot of like a lot of rigidity for me. For some people that works, but for me, it felt too rigid. And so for me, it's nice to wake up and feel like an invitation to come onto Mm -hmm. my um, cushion. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then there are days where like I don't feel that invitation and and I'm also okay with that Mm -hmm. because every day is just the next day that I can pick up that habit. And so part of it is a mindset, but the other thing is, is like part of it is being part of the process of life. Mm. And so, you know, that also happens in business where we do think we have to do all the, we have these like to-do lists that are like really long. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, or like where we are, like if we're an entrepreneur, I know you and I've talked about this, like, we're like this year, I really want to get to these goals. And it's like, sometimes we have way too many things we're trying to do in a given amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it's about getting very clear about, I see this as a process. I'm part of the process. I'm a, a living human organism that is also in process and is constantly ebbing and flowing and changing. And if I can live in the rhythm of that and remind myself that that is my paradigm and not the cultural paradigm that was mm-hmm. prescribed to me. And I learned through that, you know, obviously through lots of you know, trainings and experiences and, you know, sitting and being quiet and learning from, you know, ancient wisdom and, you know, things like that. But when I'm in the process of life and when I can look at each day and go, oh, I accomplished these three things, but these three things were the levers that needed to be, you know, pushed upon in order to take me to the next level. Mm -hmm. You get very clear about what's important what's not important, what's urgent, what's not urgent. And so you start to live in rhythm. Most people, we don't learn that, you know, and that's, that's the issue. We don't learn it in school and no blame to our families because they're just taking on the stuff that came from generations ahead of them. (laughs) So it's all this kind of unknowing. And so really it's about knowing myself Mm -hmm. and really being able to say like, what do I need Mm -hmm. in any given moment? And then And honoring that and knowing that that can look different for different people, right? So like all these things that we have learned, like you said, you know, whether it's culturally through family, like just through generations of of how kind of things have been set up of, Mm -hmm. of honoring and accepting that through this knowing of yourself, that it's okay for that to look maybe a little bit different um, than sort of what we have been taught. Um, And I think that's really important too. I jotted down so many notes of things I wanted to reflect on. You shared so many wonderful things. Um, For time's sake, I won't go into too much detail of those here. I think we've already covered so so many great nuggets um, for our listeners. But just a couple of things I wanted to kind of highlight. I love that you shared the idea about 
your time and scheduling and kind of developing this sense of agency over that. Actually, I went for a walk with another good friend just yesterday morning and we were talking about the same thing. She's also a, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur in this coaching, healing, nurturing space. So I think that's something that a lot of us can resonate with. And I, I do see this quite a bit. A lot of entrepreneurs, similar similar to us in kind of a coaching, healing, nurturing space, who initially start out kind of feeling like and thinking that, okay, I just need to be available all the time. But then, you know, that is a quick road to burnout as well, um, a quick pattern to, to that as well. And so, uh, you know, recognizing that, like you said, had said earlier too, that when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. When you're saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else. And making sure that we are well resourced as well to show up as our best selves in the best ways for for our clients, right? And I think ultimately what happens is that we're showing that respect for ourselves and our clients and everyone who we're working with in our life through that process, through setting that boundary. Um, one of my favorite definitions of, of boundaries is that boundaries are the space from which I can love and respect you and me at the same time. Mm. And um, and so I think that just really holds true. I also love that you mentioned in terms of some of your daily practices, your meditation, seeing it as an invitation. There's just this, when you said that, I just felt this like gentleness flow mm. over me of just like, it's just an invitation, right? And just realizing that you are a part of the process of life. And I myself have, have also experienced times in my life where I developed this like rigidity with some of my practices, right? And I realized that that rigidity, you know, whereas I had started these practices as a way to serve myself and fill my cup up, when I fell into that rigidity, it wasn't serving me. Mm -hmm. And so allowing for some of that flexibility, like you mentioned, knowing that we are, life is ebbing and flowing. We are part of that, right? And so allowing for some of that um, and allowing for us to kind of fall into, into some of the rhythms. And then I want to go back to something just briefly, just to highlight it that you had said earlier, because I think it is a really important point as well, which was that when you took that pause when you stepped away from that career um, or that uh, position mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago and you took that those two months off, you really took time to rest, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like that nervous system regulation is so important. And part of that is taking that time to rest. So we touched on so many just really, really powerful pieces. Um, we are going to have Dr. Diane back on to explore some of these topics a little bit deeper um, to kind of gain a little bit more from her wisdom and expertise. Um, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, um, a couple of past episodes came to mind with topics that, uh, that we kind of touched upon here. So if you're interested in that, um, definitely go back, check out the episode of Time Design with Tanya MFK, talking about how... Um, uh, it's really not necessarily planning your time. It's it's your life, right? Mm -hmm. So we go into that in that episode. Um, go back to another episode that I did with Dr. Arthi Surya about nervous system regulation. Um, she's a wonderful friend of mine, an integrative medicine physician. And then also go back to a recent episode that I had with Greg Tomchik, where we also talked about kind of getting into the rhythms of life and nature herself. And before we wrap up today, Dr. Diane, I would love it if you could share with our listeners where they can learn more about you and the wonderful work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. Um, yeah, so you can find me on my website, which is um, dianemalastina.com. And then I'm also on Instagram, and it's dr.dianemalastina. Um, those are probably the places you'll get the more up-to-date things on what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to see you. Feel free to um, reach out on socials, and um, we can be connected. Wonderful. And I will include those links in the show notes below. Thanks again for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yay, we did it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at radiantlivinginstitute.com. Download it today.